her sanity. The silhouette she saw through the frosted glass was Ottokar's as well, and she might easily have fled back upstairs if she hadn't noticed another behind it, slightly taller and with less of a slump. Marta had exchanged barely a word with the Intula boys since they'd been toddlers, and the thought of talking to them now frightened her worse than any phantom could have done. But she unbolted the shop door regardless. Good afternoon, Frau Svoboda, the shorter one said. He seemed at a loss as to whether to bow or extend his hand. The younger one stared at her, coldly. Good day, she said, struggling to keep her voice level, but in spite of everything it came out badly. It sounded as if she were correcting him. My name is Kaspar Tula, said the boy, as if Marta had no way of knowing which struck her as very polite. His morning suit fit him badly, and he looked miserable in it. He was the image of his father, only shorter and stouter and somewhat more matter-of-fact. And it almost hurt her eyes to look at him. His brother cut a more elegant figure, Marta noted in her journal. He looked, she wrote, as if he'd been born wearing black. She invited them in, though Valdemar still hadn't spoken, and told them to sit at the counter while she fetched them a treat. They were little more than children, after all. When she returned with a plate of cold sulza, they were still standing exactly as she'd left them, in the middle of the shop, with their hats in their hands, blinking at the cuts of meat around them like a pair of truant schoolboys at the zoo. They're trying to understand their father, she thought, trying to understand what brought him here. It was clear to her then that they knew everything, and to her surprise, the fact of it relaxed her. She waited until they'd sat down to eat before pouring a glass of beer for each of them and a snifter of elderberry schnapps for herself, and asking them to what she owed the pleasure. Again, it was Kaspar who spoke. Fräulein Svoboda, he mumbled, then immediately turned a ghastly shade of purple. Frau Svoboda, he corrected himself, staring fixedly at a button of her blouse. Yes? You were a bon ami of our departed father? It was less a question, really, than a statement of the case. Marta saw no reason to deny it. All right, said Caspar, visibly relieved. Very good, he nodded and stuffed his mouth with bread and sulza. Marta sipped from her snifter and smiled at him comfortably, unafraid now. At one point, she turned her smile on Valdemar, who touched neither his beer nor his food. But he shut his eyes until she looked away. He takes after his mother, she said to herself. I wonder how Reza is coping. Frau Svoboda, Kaspar repeated, apparently on solid ground again. What did you and my father talk about when he paid you, well, when he paid you his calls? Marta replied that they'd talked about all and sundry, or, as she put it in her journal, everything and nothing much at all. I see, said Kaspar, looking sideways at his brother. 
Frau Svoboda, he said a third time, gripping his beer stein like a banister. Yes? Erotula? What is it? Frau Svoboda. Did he talk about his work? Valdemar blurted out. It was the first time he'd spoken. Did he mention the lost time accidents to you? Marta looked back and forth between their sweet, impatient faces. He was a great one for chit-chat, your poor father was. I can't say for certain. I lost track of him now and again. I told you, Valdemar murmured with a bitterness that took Marta aback. I told you so. But Kaspar ignored him. Frau Svoboda, was my father in a state of excitement the last time he called on you?